With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest is Blair Horner, and he's going to give us an of Nyperg. And he's going to give us an update on redistricting. So, Blair, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm getting ready for the snowstorm. That's what I'm doing right now, though. Oh, they're saying we're just going to get an inch or two. Right. I hope it. that's true. So, so the article in the Times Union said that Democrats say Republicans wouldn't negotiate uh, the GOP says Democrats are lying. So the whole redistricting process has been thrown up in the air. Um, what's your what's your idea of what's going on? When will it be solved? And when will candidates who want to run know what the district is? Well, I mean, those are all very good questions. Just for your listeners as a sort of a sort of background on this, uh, New York's redistricting process, this is the first time it's ever been done this way. Uh, it's the result of a reform pushed by former Governor Andrew Cuomo that changed the state constitution to create what was called an independent redistricting commission. It wasn't independent, but it was a commission that was set up of equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans. And at the time, this was 10 years ago, uh, opponents of that idea, including me, uh, said that, well, that's not going to work. You're just going to have gridlock because the Republicans and the Democrats can't agree on anything. Fast forward till now, that's exactly what happened. The so-called independent commission had hearings across the state. Uh, in September, they came up with two sets of uh, maps for Congress and the state legislature because they couldn't agree on one set of maps. And then they were supposed to come out with a – they came out with the, the two sets of maps were then, of course, rejected by the legislature because there were two sets of maps and not one. And they were, they were given two weeks to come up with a new set of plans, and they failed because they couldn't agree again. So, you know, there's no surprise. It's bad, you know, that the Democrats and Republicans can't agree on anything. But it's no surprise from where we sit that that's what happened. Um, what happens next is under the Constitution, the legislature now is charged with coming up with the lines. And that's how the process was for the previous gazillion years before the change in 2012. Uh, since the dinosaurs roamed the earth, the legislature had been in New York drafting the lines. And then, it's like any bill, the governor has to approve or veto the lines. So that's what's going to happen now. The legislature in both houses will uh, draft lines and in the under the state constitution you need two-thirds majorities in both houses to approve the lines both houses are controlled by one political party which is the case now and the democrats have two-thirds majorities at least in both houses so you know they have the muscle to push through whatever their plan is assuming they can stay united uh and um you know when is that going to happen there are rumors the maps could come out this weekend 
uh, and be voted on next week. But there's nothing set in stone about that. And to my knowledge, Mm -hmm. as we speak, there's nothing that has been officially announced. And there's one congressional system, uh, one congressional um, district that will be wiped away. Have you any idea what district that might be? Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. Under the uh, under the census since 1790, every 10 years, there's a census, and the idea behind that is to redraw the lines to reflect the changing population of the United States. And so New York's population grew from 2010 to 2020, but at a slower pace than the rest of the country. So New York lost the congressional seat. And when they redraw the lines, there'll be 26 members of Congress from New York instead of 27. But it doesn't, they don't get vaporized as a seat. What it'll do is the lines will all just move around, and one of the districts will just be absorbed either into another district or pieces of it into another district. And it's likely to be an upstate district because the population loss is upstate uh, and the Democrats will be joining the lines and the Republicans are upstate. But that doesn't mean, you know, so that will probably mean that upstate will be one fewer congressional district. But in terms of the lines, they're all going to be different everywhere across the state. And then how, uh, you know, how much the lines are drawn to advance Democrats, of course, at the moment is anyone's guess. So one one congressperson, will they be put in a district where they will be primaried? Will they just be, you know, forced out? What's the scenario there? Well, you know, again, it, it's up to the map makers to figure out if they're going to have a fair fight, set up fair fight districts in the Assembly, the Senate, or members of Congress. <laughs> At the congressional level, there are three members of Congress that are not running for reelection, at least, at least mm-hmm. three. Catco from Syracuse, uh, right. uh, Breed from Rochester, and Swazi on Long Island. And so... You know, the lines will reflect whatever the population changes match up with those areas. Uh, Under the U.S. Constitution, every congressional district has to have the exact same number of people. Uh, So they can't really fiddle around with it too much. But, you know, if you're going to have to have the exact same number of people in upstate New York lost population, those districts are going to be the ones that get a lot bigger geographically in order to have the 740-some-odd thousand um, people inside of them. Now you, you live just north of me. You live, I believe, in Clifton Park, right? Yep. So your congressperson is Tonko. What correct. do you think his district will wind up looking at, looking like um, when the maps are drawn, redrawn? Well, I think, you know, I think, I mean, you know, look, you know, all of the lines could be completely different. Right? I mean, they will be all different to some extent. But someone like uh, uh, Representative Tonko's district, I would think it would be more or less like it looks like now. The Hudson Valley is where there has been uh, population growth all the way up to Saratoga. New York City has had population growth. Long Island's population has stagnated. And upstate west of the Hudson Valley and north of, the, of Saratoga is where the population has lost. 
So you would think someone like Paco, who's essentially got a district that covers the capital region of New York State, Uh would be more or less in the same sort of situation as he is now. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, you know, it's not up to us. It's up to some guys with eye shades on and drawing maps in some back room somewhere. Do you know who will be drawing the, the, the lines? Well, the, I'm not asking um, you the name. I'm just asking <laughs> you, do you know? Well, the the way that it works out, I mean, again, there was this independent redistricting commission which was charged with drawing the lines, and so they did that, and they couldn't come to an agreement. Within the legislature, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the forever the legislature drawn the lines, and they have their own task force that draws the lines for them. And they never got rid of it. Uh, so it probably will be the people that work in this little in this task force. It's a Senate Assembly Joint Task Force on Redistricting and Demographics that will probably draft up the lines, which will be subject to some negotiation among the lawmakers themselves, both state legislative and congressional, to try to get the best deal that they can for their districts. And by the way, by the way, when I say best deal. I mean the deal that is best for the legislator, not necessarily right. best for New York. Right. So you think that people who are deciding to run will know shortly what the districts are yeah. going to look like? Well, I, I okay. think that's probably true because – the primaries are in June, and to, for people to throw their hat in the ring, they got to sort of know what the districts look like. And in order to do that, I mean, you know, you'd, you'd have to get it uh, uh, past both houses of the legislature, then go to the governor, and the governor has to sign it with enough time for the lines to be in place for people to decide. If you wanted to do that, it's just purely as a candidate. You'd probably want to know in February. And, um, and so I think they're going to, you know, again, this is it's not based on anything other than gut, uh, but my guess is they're going to want to move relatively quickly to wrap this up. So, you know, we're talking Congress, but um, state legislative uh, districts are going to look different, even locally in in different towns. It'll look different, right? That's right. I mean, every every locality has to redraw their lines. I mean, depending how they're organized, of course, but basically everybody has to redraw their lines if they have councilmatic districts to reflect changes in the population of that particular locality. And the counties do it in different ways. I mean, it, it's by and large similar to what the state legislature is about to do. But there are counties that have instituted different forms of ways of doing redistricting. So, for example, in Suffolk County out on Long Island, the outgoing Democratic majority drew the lines uh, for the incoming Republican county legislature, but the Democratic county executive vetoed the lines and negotiated directly with the Republican, now soon to be controlled, uh, uh, with the legislature soon to be controlled by Republicans. So every, and the, the county of Ulster has an independent style redistricting commission that draws the lines. So it's not all, it's not all one fits one size fits all, but by and large, the system looks more or less the way in across the state, the way the state legislature is about to do it. 
And, you know, Nightbird, they're just spectators watching this, or does Nightbird have a hand in, you know, the decision-making process? Well, we're strictly nonpartisan, so we don't really care, you know, how the district lines get drawn per, you know, in a sort of individual way. But we do, we do believe that the district should have the same size population that, you know, the, that you spend less time on subjective um, measures and more time on objective measures, like how many people are in the district. Uh, and that the process by which those lines are drawn are done by people that don't have a stake in the outcome. That's where we thought the state, change in the Constitution 10 years ago clearly failed, and we were right, unfortunately. And that's the problem that you see with most of the rest of the localities, is the people who have a stake in the outcome draw the line. So essentially, they're choosing their voters instead of the voters choosing their electeds. Right. And that's just, so that's where we sort of focus our energies. We're not focused on whether or not a particular district is designed a certain way with regard to an impact it has on an incumbent, for example. Now that, you know, computers are used a lot more, uh, the redrawing is done by computers, and it's so much more intricate than it is in years past. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, in the olden days, when I first started with NYPIRG, it was, you know, a lot of it was done by hand. Uh, but you're right now, now with these advanced computers and the databases that you're able to purchase, even just looking at magazine subscriptions, you can often tell the, the partisan orientation of a particular family, even if you can't tell by what political party they're enrolled in. So they, they have extremely detailed analyses uh, not only census information, but other information to try to figure out what lines advantage them the best, the map makers the best, and the, the people who run the map makers. That's what they're really looking at. And so it's, you're right, it's extremely complicated. Uh, and uh, the political parties spend a lot of money on this because, you know, it's just, it, it could make it this, in, in, in New York, it's unlikely to make a big difference in terms of the state legislature. But what our congressional delegation looks like could have, could have an impact on who controls the House of Representatives. And so, you know, these are important right. decisions, and the stakes are high. Right. But you think, but for redrawing the maps for Congress, still going to be, it's still going to be a majority of Democrats because the Democrats control the state Senate and the Assembly. So they're going to draw the maps in favor of Democratic congressional districts. Is that right? Well, I mean, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is, I mean, New York is heavily Democratic as a state. If you look at the enrollment, there's roughly 13, 14 million voters and half of them are Democrats, and the remaining half are split between Republicans and um, uh, independents, people that are not enrolled in any political party. In fact, there are more people enrolled in no political party than there are Republicans. 
So you'd expect that the congressional delegation would be overwhelmingly Democratic just based on the demographics of the state. Now, that doesn't guarantee it, right? The maps are not determinative as to who wins. A good candidate from the opposing party could knock out, still could still knock out an incumbent. And there are examples of that in New York. But by and large, that's right. But the, the fact that the Democrats have such an overwhelming control in the state, they might be able to muscle through a bigger advantage in New York than they ordinarily would have gotten. So, for example, 10 years ago, the Republicans controlled the state Senate. The, the Democrats mm -hmm. controlled the state assembly. They couldn't agree on the congressional maps. So the courts drew the maps. And they didn't have any skin in the game, right? So that they drew the maps. And, you know, they were, I'm sure they, were, they definitely weren't perfect, but they were more independent because no political party dominated how the lines were drawn. The courts did it. They got a special master, and he was in charge of drawing the lines. That's not going to happen this time because the Republicans don't control anything. So it will be, I believe, more partisan as a result. The question of how partisan is really going to be hard to know. Like if the Democrat right now that the Democrats have 19 to 27 seats, if they end up with 19 to 26, is that more or less than they should have gotten? It's hard to know. Um, but it could easily be, you know, the difference between having 19 Democrats from New York or 23 Democrats from New York, that four seat difference could make the difference as to who the Speaker of the House of Representatives is. And that right. could have a big influence. Right on who the next president of the United States is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've said this before on a few shows, but people don't realize, and I think I mentioned it to you, that the state legislators, legislatures draw the map, and it's important who we elect for the state legislature, but Democrats, for the most part, are concerned about their senator, their president, and the um, the, the state legislature falls by the wayside, right? Yeah, I mean, there is, you're right that the political consciences consciousness of the of the general public about what happens at the state capitol is very is significantly less than what they know about what happens in washington um and you can often ask people in new york well who's your who's your assembly member and they never heard of the word assembly they think it's a house of representatives at the state level Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you're right. And uh, to some extent, the so, you know, people are busy. They can't you can't expect everyone to follow things as closely as everyone as maybe you and I do. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's the the fact that the public doesn't really necessarily have a handle on what's going on in the state capital allows special interest groups to have more of an influence over public policy than they should. And uh, that's part of the challenge for a group like mine is to try to get the public engaged in the policymaking of Albany, because we believe that if the public is adequately engaged, you end up with better public policy than if they're not. Uh, Ten years ago, with redistricting, Cuomo kind of kicked the can down the road. And in the process, he created a new 
Senate district, which turned out to be Amador's district, and before Amador held it, it was held by Cecilia Katrick. So coming up now, do you think that that particular district in upstate New York will still be will still be the same? Well, I think it'll be different. I mean, one of the you point out a very interesting thing about the New York State Constitution. The New York State Constitution says that there's 150 members of the assembly and that's it. And on the Senate, it says there's 50 state senators, but you can add Senate districts. So now they're up to 63. So one of the interesting questions the Democrats will be dealing with is, do they add a 64th seat? And uh, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I have no idea. They can make it 62, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they'll So the woman who now has the seat that Amador had, and you're right, it was part of the deal on on redistricting 10 years ago. Cuomo got his uh, reform in the Constitution, and he agreed to, you know, in our view, extremely twisted lines that benefited the Republicans in the state Senate to keep them in control. And one of the ways they did that was they carved out this Senate district in the Hudson Valley that a Republican, George Amador, could win. Now, the Democrats have taken the seat since then. And so, you know, my guess is when they redraw the lines, they're going to make it easier for her to run and win in re-election. But again, I don't know. You know, it's hard to know because, you know, it's like a, it's like a puzzle, right? All the pieces have to fit. And so if you change the district lines uh, in the Hudson Valley, what impact does that have in central New York and on Long Island? You know, so it's, it, there, there's definitely a butterfly effect in terms of when you redraw the lines. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Senate, the state Senate, was the districts were more strongly Democratic to keep a two-thirds majority in the Senate. And the same thing happens on the Assembly side. I would not be surprised if that's what happened. I mean, the lines were drawn. Yeah. It was a Democratic and Roman advantage district. It was just that Amador was a popular guy. And, um, was able to take the seat. C.C. Katchik beat him, and then he beat her and held the seat right. until he retired, and, and uh, the Democrats took it. I mean, I think that that, mm-hmm. that seat is a Democratic seat in the first place. I think it'll just, it may well become even more Democratic. You know, people, t- when you put the TV on, there's a lot of talk about voting rights. And voting rights is all well and good, but what you said at the beginning of the interview, it's the people who redraw the map. The people, the people don't vote for their representative. Their representatives kind of choose who they want to be voting for them, right? Yeah, I mean, that is effectively what happens, and that's a bad thing because the public gets turned off and they feel like their votes don't count. And so special interest groups fill the void uh, and get more of what they want out of government. So as I, I, I also mentioned earlier, though, that because you redraw the lines to benefit one party over another, it doesn't necessarily mean that that party wins. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the incumbent can fend off a primary challenge. But it certainly helps to be the incumbent who has a, a strong voice in what your own district lines look like, because you can carve out people that might be a political opponent. You can put them in somebody else's district, or you can carve out a community 
that you know won't go for you. Mm. So as of right now, it's almost the end of January. Everything's still up in the air, right? Well, from the public's point of view, yes. I mean, I, you know, this seemed, this whole thing, this whole process where the Democrats and Republicans couldn't agree, and yet, you know, the legislature had kept this task force in place. It feels like a lot of this is all just sort of, you know, kabuki theater that we've been watching and that the people behind the scenes know exactly where things are going. Uh, but from the public's point of view, yeah, you're right. It's still up in the air. Wow. So this is going to be solved soon. And you think, do you still think that the uh, primary will still be in June? Do you think they're going to move that up at all? I don't think so. You don't. So this has to be decided pretty quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's my gut instinct. I really, there's no, as far as I know, there's been no public announcement that they're going to have it done by such, such and such a date. But the rumors today were that the lines would be drawn in the next couple of days and they'd be put into a bill form and then voted on next week. Okay. But that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. That's a rumor. And Albany has, you know, 90% of the rumors you hear are not true. <laughs> or they're true at the moment they're said, and then they're not true 10 seconds later. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, until they announce anything, it's really hard to know exactly how it's going to go. I mean, from our point of view, there should be public hearings on whatever the legislature comes up with because what they're going to be coming up with is different from what the commission came up with. And there should be a public process and a way for the public to weigh in on the lines because, after all, it's the public's government, not the elected officials. Right, right. So you talk about public hearings. COVID is still raging throughout this country. When you talk public hearings, you're not talking about people going to the legislature and sitting in on on debates. How would it be done? Via Zoom. I mean, you're right. Okay. The difficulties of having a meaningful public process in the middle of a pandemic is you can't put a bunch of people together cheek to jowl in some meeting somewhere. So, you know, I mean, the the law, the current law that they passed two weeks ago says that every, pub, every public body in the state does not have to meet in person and they can meet remotely, and that's what they'll probably do. Now, wow. that being said, I have no idea if they're going to do public hearings. They may just want to jam this through. Okay, so time will tell, right, Blair? That's the theory. Yep. So our time is up. You've been listening to Blair Horner. And give yourself a little plug with your organization. Uh, We're a nonpartisan, not-for-profit that works on issues based on what we believe to be in the public's best interest. And we base our our views on the best available science and practice in the country to drive our policy agenda. NIPERG.org. Okay, thanks. You've been listening to Blair Horner. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is focused on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Blair, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.